Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive of Young Enterprise, and welcome to Series 3 of Enterprising Mindsets, Minding Your Money. We'll be exploring the often overlooked role mindset plays in building financial capability and the significant benefits to be gained from understanding the impact our attitudes, beliefs and values have on our behaviours around money. I'm hoping that we'll discover some new ways to help young people build a money-related mindset and also explore the contribution that this could have in increasing social mobility in the future. My guest today is Vicky Wales, and she's the Chief Customer Officer with Principality Building Society. Vicky leads the Society's Customer Division, which includes a range of teams, including social impact, brand, retail, communications, customer experience, digital and products and propositions. Vicky's teams play a leading role in ensuring that Principality have a positive impact on their members and the communities they live in. Vicky's career in financial services includes roles at HSBC, where she originally started her career on the executive trainee program before progressing onto a number of senior leadership roles across retail, planning and performance, strategy and operations before joining Principality as head of customer services in 2019. Vicky joined the Principality executive team as chief customer officer in March this year. Welcome to Minding Your Money, Vicky. Thank you. It's fantastic to be here. Firstly, I've got to just get it out there that I am absolutely fangirling about the job title, Chief Customer Officer. I'm going to have to ask you about that a bit later. But before we do that, I'd love the chance for listeners to get to know you a little bit better. We we know that mindset's often informed by our early experiences of the world and research tells us that money and habits stick with us for life. and Many of them are formed by the age of seven. So first question, who and what were your early memorable influences that informed your mindset around money? Well, this really takes me back. And I think it started with my family. You know, I lived apart from the majority of the rest of our relatives who lived in Yorkshire. And I can really remember that excitement of receiving a birthday card with a crisp old green one pound note inside. And I I try and think back to what I did with them. Did I spend them? Did I save them? But one thing I do remember is keeping them in a book so that they would stay flat. You know, not a crease in them. Even then, I had that awareness that money was precious and something to be looked after. It's it's strange that you highlight the age of seven, because at that exact point, I relocated with my family to Hong Kong. And I'd done many of the things children do before then, playing shop with the tins of beans on the bottom of the stairs at home and tracing out coins in school with a brightly coloured pencil And when I went to Hong Kong, that whole world of money around me just shifted. You know, different set of coins, different shapes, different to handle, you know, trying to compare them. What is the difference of a pound here and a dollar there? And also becoming aware that the same things could cost quite different amounts in the UK and in Hong Kong. And coming back a couple of years later, And suddenly things were more expensive again. You know, my pocket money didn't go as far. I remember thinking, was that fair? And and I think thirdly, you know, in the last sort of big influence I draw, and I think was starting working, earning my own money. You know, for me, that looked like a Sunday paper round initially with a massive pile of papers and all the supplements as well, I might add, and a tiny little brown envelope with, you know, £1.50 inside. But but coming with that came great pride that it was something I had earned. And 
as I got older at 15, I had a part-time job as a dishwasher in a restaurant. And that for me was my first transition into digital money, you know, not having that physicality of cash anymore, but money that was paid direct into a passbook account, like so many of our customers still love to use today. Mm. And the joy of sort of seeing that balance grow. So I think they're the things that are really in my mindset. That's amazing to listen to that. And it must have been such a profound shift for you at relocating at the age of seven, then coming back age nine. That must have had a massive impact. I think so. Absolutely. Definitely stuck with me. And in what ways do you think that those early influences have stuck with you in regards to your emotional relationship with money as an adult? I think those early influences have been really strong. You know, I recognised even at that point that money was something to be looked after. I think I had that concept of value and exchange, that sort of pride in earning and because of the independence and opportunity that that can bring, whilst recognising at the same time that money can be very different in different societies and different lives. And I think for me growing up, it was about having the confidence to deal with money and all those early experiences really nurtured that. And and I think confidence is a really key word because the recent events of the pandemic have created a lot of anxiety for young people. If we think about health, about family, sadly, some have faced loss, lack of contact with friends, financial and economic pressures, the constant news stories about work, furlough, unemployment, you know, that can be a real source of concern and pressure for young people. And I think we have a duty to really help future generations building these early skills to give them financial resilience later in life, which ultimately will impact their well-being too. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about um, your perspective on the importance of young people developing the appropriate mindsets around money. But come on, spill the beans. What does a chief customer officer do? Oh, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, when I look at the title, what's in the title, right? I mean, I, I don't see the word chief. I don't see the word officer. I see the word customer. And, and as a mutual organization at Principality, we've existed for the benefit of our customers and their communities for over 160 years. So, so for me, it's a real privilege to have this role title. because so I think the word customer in the center really reinforces that we put both our current and our future customers at the heart of all that we do and the decisions that we make. So it is a really great one. It's really great. And I probably have to say one of my favorite TV adverts at the moment, I don't know if you've seen it, is one of the snack companies where they talk about their CEO being the chief eating officer. And that, <laughs> I haven't seen that, no. That, that makes me smile every time I see it. But, you know, I think that just really represents that it's not really the title that matters. It, it's what you do that counts. I love that. I I love Chief Customer Officer. I saw it and I just really smiled. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to go move actually into the role of principality uh, in terms of supporting young people to build financial capability skills. So the all-party parliamentary group on financial education for young people's recent inquiry into financial education in primary schools indicated that children being exposed to money at a very young age most children accessing a smartphone at the age of 10, debit card by age 11. There's a rapid shift to a cashless society. Um, what role can organisations like Principality play to support more young people through early interventions to build those financial capability skills? I mean, there are certainly benefits of giving children early access to money. 
you know, from knowing the value of coins, pre-shaking costs, practicing numeracy skills, and just having that broader confidence we've talked around in, in wider areas like decision-making and problem-solving. I mean, as you identify, I think everything now has been pulled forward to a much younger age, and this has only been accelerated by the pandemic. You know, I, I have a daughter, one of those 11-year-olds who has a phone and a debit card. Um, so I think it's really important that this has to start early. A, a few years back, we brought together numeracy and literacy and cupcake baking in a specially commissioned children's book called Goose's Cake Bake to help children learn about managing money. And this was really well received with over 5,000 copies of the book donated to children across Wales. And I think we've got to recognise that the rate of technology change and the access for that is really rapid. And that comes with engagement challenges, but it also comes with opportunities too. You know, another big resource development we've worked on included um, an app that we call Dylan's Den, which is available on Android and Apple, and includes numeracy-based games and the opportunity to look after Dylan the Dragon, who's so popular with our young savers and, and parents. And we've just launched a financial education teachers hub online, which is packed with resources for primary teachers. So the more that organisations like Principality can support young people, I think that's really critical and valuable. And it has to come in all forms that young people choose to access, including digital methods. And of course, we're hugely appreciative at Young Enterprise and Young Money uh, for the support that Principality provides for the Young Enterprise Fiverr Challenge, which is an enterprise challenge for five to 11-year-olds to create, research and plan a business starting with just £5. Over 3,000 primary school pupils from across Wales took part in the challenge this summer. Fiverr allows young people to make their own decisions about money, bringing money to life in a very real and practical way. What more do you think we can do to help uh, make financial education relevant to the lives of young people? And how, how, how do you think we can make it stick? Firstly, I should say we are so proud to have been the sponsor of the Fiverr Challenge in Wales since 2019. You know, it's inspiring to see the pupils set up their micro businesses with purpose because that brings together loads of different skills and subjects for them. And it also shows how financial education can span so many different areas, not just of school life, but also big societal topics. You know, what we've seen is that so many of the Fiverr Challenge businesses have an environmental ethos, and that's really important too. And we know that that is something that young people feel really passionate about. You know, if I look at the winners from 2021 Team Champs, the Seed Squad, they put together a business that not only had strong financials, but actually engaged the entire school community on the importance of horticulture. So there's lots of different ways to learn about money, ranging from maths lessons to these cool fiver experiences, storybooks, and plenty of other potential routes too. And I think that's ultimately how we'll make it stick. So make it relevant, make it accessible, make it engaging. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you mentioned about confidence earlier. Uh, I know that's something that's very important part of feeling financially capable. Research indicates young women are more likely to have lower financial confidence than men, with some estimates suggesting a gap in confidence of 10%. Um, gender disparities in confidence can translate into large differences in financial behaviours, attitudes to risk, longer term financial well-being. What more do you think we can do to really help young women boost financial confidence? And do you think, again, is that about earlier intervention? What are your thoughts? I think we really have to challenge ourselves here on 
that everything that we deliver in this area has to be inclusive for all. You know, the, having role models, having those early experiences is, is really key. If I go back to that goose cakes bake storybook I mentioned, that was particularly popular with girls when we were doing those sessions in school due to a large part that the lead character, uh, Sophie, was, was a female. And I think it was also all about teamwork, which is something we also actively encourage in the school sessions, you know, helping each other, working together whilst you're talking about money. You know, we, we saw plenty of all girls groups taking part in the Fiverr Challenge. Um, and we've also done some great work in high schools as well, which have included entire year groups so it's not about people feeling they have to put themselves in a different space to take part, but rather all pupils are engaging. So it really enables everyone to, to fully participate. I can see that. Um, I'm just thinking back last year, Indy Bevan, an eight-year-old uh, from Bridgend, who you'll remember, sold uh, homemade bake goods and won best overall project as part of the Fiverr Challenge. Do you remember, do you remember Indy? I do. I definitely do. And her mother uh, said Indy had really grown in confidence. And next time this opportunity comes up, she'll definitely do it again. She was always thinking about doing a little business and that she could start. And and so how important do you think it is to be able to showcase inspiring stories like Indy's, which exhibit that positive money mindset? I think it's vital. I mean, isn't Indy amazing? <laughs> She's incredible. I, I, I love the fact that from her winning prize, she went and bought her own roller skates when she won the challenge. And I, I picture Indy outside, you know, her hair blowing in the wind, flying down the pavement on her roller skates. And I think that's a real vision of freedom. And that's exactly what we're trying to achieve in supporting young people in minding their money, you know, bringing confidence, helping them with a the real freedom of choice and opportunity in their own lives. Yeah, and making those connections in terms of them being able to access the the roller skates and yeah, um, in very real practical terms. Vicky, how important are relatable role models when it comes to developing financial capability among young people? Oh, absolutely massive. I mean, I've already spoken a little bit about my own experiences, my my grandparents, my family, but mm. that can come in so many other ways too. You know. At Principality, we really appreciate how difficult a task managing money can be for young people. And that's why we've really been committed to the programme of financial education that we have since 2016. You know, we get so much feedback on how young people would have liked to have learnt more whilst they were at school. And the impact of those role models can be considerable. And that doesn't have to just be parents. That can be peers. It can be teachers, even their local principality branch managers. You know, pre-pandemic, we took great pride in spending a lot of time in classrooms and helping pupils learn about money. And we've also experienced great pupil to pupil support during savings product challenges in secondary school and with the Fiverr challenge in, in primary. And I wanted to share the impact that Young Enterprises had on me throughout my life, because I think that really demonstrates and hopefully brings to life how these different role models and perspectives can come in and out of your life at different times. And Oh, tell us more. <laughs> well, if I wind the clock back, it is a while ago when I was at school, I, I took part in forming a young enterprise business. I, really? I can, I can still remember the name of our company. It was called the Enterprising Aubergine. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what my brand colleagues would have to say about that now, but I learned so much about business, about products, about working with peers on ideas. 
And if I go forward a few years from there, I became an advisor to a young enterprise team at a local school, you know, really to give back on that experience I had had. And and I think that switching places um, from one side of the young enterprise experience to the other really gave me a different perspective. And I think that's so important in building financial proficiency. And a few years on from that, again, I'd had two children. I was a governor in a primary school and I introduced that school to Fiverr. So now I've seen those skills developing and coming to life through my own children. So when I think about my own journey, it makes me really proud to be in my current role because Principality are so passionate about equipping young people with these financial skills. And if I look around the company of Principality as well, I think we've got some brilliant role models. You know, we've got our first female chair, our first female CEO. And I really hope that that will encourage more young people particularly females, to pursue careers in financial services. So the great role models to see. So actually, a key theme that's come out of this podcast series so far is the influence that parents and carers have on young people's mindsets to money. Do you think this, you know, where do you think the balance is between financial education in the home and and that delivered in schools? I think it's got to be about both, really. Both settings can provide key learning opportunities And we can't rely solely on one or the other. But we have to recognize that every learner's experience is different. You know, I think what's really important is the conversations can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be a parent talking about household finances. You know, those very important conversations on how households spend their money, how to budget, how to balance, you know, long term aspirations, they can happen in many different settings. You know, our social impact manager took part in the Wales Financial Education Forum earlier this week, and he got to hear directly from young people on their experiences. And it was clear they wanted to learn more. They really identified the importance of school-based learning. And there was lots of discussion around family-based learning too. Mm, So it's a real mix. Absolutely. Has to be a mix. Just taking that one step further, as an organisation, I know you're hugely committed to community engagement. How how do you feel that we can practically improve the ecosystem of young people's access to credible financial education? I think it has to be about collaboration. I mean, as a a Wales-based organisation, we're working quite closely with the new curriculum for Wales and seeing that that can provide a unique opportunity to bring really meaningful financial education for future generations. I think it's a key opportunity that needs to be taken and Wales has the chance to lead the way on that. You know, as as a society, you know, we've got to encourage young people to talk about money. That's vital. You know, we have a strong track record of working with some amazing financial charities and schools and that collaboration has to continue across the sector to really help ensure every young person has the opportunity to learn. You know, Our approach from day one has been very much built around a collaborative uh, way of doing things. We've developed a number of strong partnerships across Wales, working with Careers Wales, Cardiff Commitment, Young Enterprise, Young Money, the London Institute of Banking and Finance, MAPS, Explore. There's fantastic networks of charities there that can come together on a mission to really improve the financial capability of young people. You know, we've really been delighted with the progress we've seen with our work in the London Institute of Banking and Finance, which has been around enabling people to learn, but also obtain a recognised qualification to support their future. So tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. So in, in this case, we've established a fund to help schools sponsor pupils to complete a level two financial capability and careers development qualification. So that's a GCSE equivalent qualification in Wales. And in the 1920 school, 1920 school year, over 1400 pupils gained that level two qualification and over another thousand um, at level one. So this year, we've invested a further £35,000 into that fund with the aim of helping more than 25 schools. And you know, those pupils are really achieving some exceptional results. So it's fantastic to see. And I can see clearly you're both personally passionate as well as principality being passionate about young people developing positive mindsets to money. How do you think that that then impacts on their futures, that kind of the ability to be financially capable? How do you think that then can that can then impact positively on, on someone's futures? I think it comes back to that word of confidence again. I just think if you've got those sorts of key life skills in your kit bag, you're really you're able to approach things in a different way. You know, having financial confidence isn't just about being able to do maths. It's about problem solving. It's around working with others understanding what your aspirations are and the steps you need to take to get there. And those are brilliant life skills to have, and they're not specific to money. So it's absolutely something that's a, that's a core part of people being able to be a, a happy and healthy adult. So it's an enabler, really, then? Very much so. And my, my last question really is that we really do feel there is a link to explore at Young Enterprise, the role of financial capability and the contribution that it can make to social mobility. Um, But there's very little out there in terms of research linking financial capability with social mobility. I'm just wondering what your views are on, uh, and perhaps principalities, on on what you think is the contribution that financial capability could make to social mobility. Yeah, and we're constantly developing our social impact strategy I mean, I think the big takeaway from us in all of our financial education experience work has been been the importance of long-term partnerships, both with delivery partners and with local schools. And I think we've really recognised that having local branch colleagues to support the delivery of that is really, really important as well. So we feel strongly that financial capability is is one part of helping future generations realise their ambitions. But Social mobility is is more than just financial capability. It, it brings together employment opportunities, access to education and training, you know, environmental issues, and at a local level, access to community services. And that's why we're really keen to bring our branch colleagues in particular into the heart of our social impact work. And we feel there are very certainly really strong links to explore. And you know, our strategy will help us further build on our FinEd activities to date, but broaden that out. And we really look forward to hopefully continuing working with Young Enterprise and the Young Money team to to better understand how that links back to social mobility. We very much look forward to that as well. We are really proud to have Principality as such a proactive partner uh, supporting financial education. Vicky, can I just say it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Um, and I just need to reiterate how envious I am of that, uh, that job title. Thank you so much for talking with us on Minding Your Money. Thank you, Sharon. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks to Vicky for joining us on Enterprising Mindsets, Minding Your Money. To hear more interviews like this and access series one and two, please do subscribe to Enterprising Mindsets on your favourite podcast service. We'd love you to leave us a review if possible. Thank you for listening. Listening.